Hello and welcome to Thank You Come Again. This is an e-commerce podcast sponsored by Wonderment, where we dive into the actual strategies that leading D2C brands are using to not only make their customers come back and buy again, but have the best possible customer experiences. I'm Blake and Burl. I started my career as a retention marketer, and now I'm focused on being a shepherd of knowledge for you and others on all things retention marketing. You won't find any top 10 guru guides here. Instead, I want you to walk away from each episode with battle-tested and actionable insights that's going to help you to move a needle forward and driving repeat business. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this week's episode of Thank You, Come Again, brought to you by Wonderment. Today, I've got the pleasure of being joined by Adam Turner, the CEO over at PostScript. Adam. Welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm feeling great, feeling amped up. A lot of fun things going on here in the middle of a blizzard, getting a few feet of snow. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, I know the the whole Western United States seems to be getting hammered with snow as we record this right now. Uh, we even had some hail this morning here in San Diego. So the weather is making its way uh, to the Pacific Coast as well. But um I'm really excited for this conversation today. Um, as some folks know who are listening to this, I may be a little bit passionate about SMS, having spent the first few years of my career in the SMS space. Um, I've always been a huge fan of PostScript, the team, your product. I think you guys not only deliver on an amazing product, but really have awesome education around, I think, what great looks like with the SMS channel. And so today, I wanted to dive into all things customer retention over SMS with you. But first, I got to ask, who is Adam Turner and who is PostScript? Adam Turner, let's see. Uh, so yeah, I'm Adam Turner. Um, let's see, based out of Colorado, love skiing, as you, as you probably could have guessed with the, uh, being excited about snow. I, I know some folks uh, don't get too excited about snow, but um, let's see. I mean, in general, like I would say that I'm just a very curious person. Um, I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur when I when I grew up, but uh, I, as I got out of college, started working at startups. I just got obsessed with learning new things, and like early stage startups and working on the stuff was was a great way to learn new things. Learned how to code, learned how to do you know business analytics, all that type of stuff, and I just like got the bug. Right, like I love coding. Um, I love starting companies and delivering value to merchants. I worked in e-commerce previously at a company called Stack Commerce, where we kind of ran like hundreds of different brands. And so I know the space well, just a very curious person. And I love building for merchants. I think that um, selling things online, just selling things in general is kind of one of the most primitive things that, that society is built on top of, right? It's like specialize in one thing, sell that one thing to get your other goods. It goes back in history so much. And to be involved in commerce, which is like growing at such an incredible rate now, especially e-commerce, um, feels really great. So generally, I'm a curious person. I'm a builder. I love building things. I love coding. Uh, and you know, most recently, building PostScript. Uh, PostScript is about 200 folks. What we do is we are an SMS platform for Shopify merchants. We have over 10,000 merchants. We're one of the most widely adopted SMS platforms. Um, we send billions of messages every year, but most importantly, we make billions of dollars for merchants every year. The reason I get up every single day is to make merchants more money. The, what we're building at PostScript is the platform that makes merchants the most money through messaging channels. Um, and yeah, I, I, I've, I've been super, um, blessed to be able to build this with an incredible team. Uh, I was just talking with somebody about the team the other day and 
one of the things that I love about PostScript and that makes it so special is that the team is built off of uh, ex-ecom operators, right? So we have people who started their agencies and now work at PostScript, right? Or they they used to run a brand and they work at PostScript as a CSM, or even people that are running brands on the side or that do TikTok on the side and have millions of followers on TikTok. Those are the people that our merchants get to work with every single day at PostScript. And that's one of the things that I'm most proud of when I think about PostScript, I think about those people serving our customers and how much fun that is to uh, to do. So that's that's a little bit about me and a little bit about PostScript. Man, that is that is awesome, and I I think it really shows, you know. And you guys have some of the, I think the most loyal customers and the most vocal advocates on social. Like every time I I see someone like, hey, like you know, loved onboarding with PostScript. Like we one of our customers, uh, Jones Road Beauty, I know just switched over to PostScript, and uh, they were singing your praises about how great you know the team is and everything. And so um, super cool to hear you know kind of how you built this awesome team and even kind of resonates you know like you know, like with wonderman as well like a lot of us are you know former shopify you know store owners uh you know worked in agencies worked at other tech companies as well and so like i think when you have that approach to really helping merchants solve problems it definitely creates a different paradigm than if you're you know don't have that in uh in in industry experience so um, i would love to kind of understand too i think you know some of that expertise that you guys have i think Every you know SMS platform kind of talks about SMS and best practices a little bit differently. But can you talk to me a little bit about uh, the PostScript way of SMS? Like, what's sort of like the philosophy or ethos of how PostScript thinks about SMS marketing? Sure, absolutely. So something that we've developed that this, this is a this has been a challenge throughout our entire journey, right? We've been around for about four years, and the number one thing that we hear is, you know, I don't know what I should be doing next, or I don't know how to do SMS. It's still so new, right? Like we're four years in, but email is like 20 years in, right? And so the best practices are kind of solidified, but people are still finding different things there. But I would say with SMS, um, it's so important. It was, it became so important for us to develop a philosophy that allows merchants to understand the health of their program and also what they can do next. So we developed something called subscriber LTV. And this is something similar to customer LTV, right? Customer LTV is what merchants think about a lot, which is uh, what's the value of a customer, right? And that's kind of like things that affect that are like average order value, repeat purchase rate. Like when someone purchases, how often do they purchase again? And what becomes the lifetime value? When do they stop purchasing? And that's what merchants, a lot of merchants that I talk with, especially, especially the most sophisticated, obsess over. And so we created subscriber LTV, which is what is the value to the merchant of one phone number? How much will one phone number make you over the lifetime? And so that goes even earlier in the funnel. And that is broken down by a few things, which we call armor metrics. And like, uh, like we give our customers armor to go into battle, right? And so armor metrics uh, are broken down by the following. Uh, a is the acquisition rate for uh, subscribers. So for how much traffic or how many orders you make on your store, how many phone numbers are you getting, right? Where are you collecting? Do you have a pop-up up? Are you collecting at checkout? Are you collecting post-checkout? Are you collecting through email? Are you doing all these things? So A is acquisition rate. How quickly is your subscriber uh, list growing? R is the revenue per message. How much money are you making for every message that you send out? And some of the levers that merchants can pull on that are more targeting, more segmentation, or personalized message will, will make you more, more revenue as well. M is the amount of messages that you're sending per subscriber, right? So if you imagine someone sends one, one message per month, they're probably not maximizing the value of their list, right? It's kind of like 
if you if you meet someone and you like make a new friend in the real world and you get their phone number and you text them a month later, they're gonna be like, "What? Like, who are you? Like, well, what's going friend? on here?" <laughs> right. And um, and so it's really important that actually merchants message their customers on a frequent basis to keep up that relationship. And then the last R is something that balances everything out, which is the retention rate of your subscriber list for the first 30 days that someone subscribes. And that is something where it helps you balance because if you start sending more messages and you see that retention rate go down, you know that you're probably sending too many messages, right? Um, but really what we find is that uh, one, merchants aren't collecting enough numbers in enough places, right? And two, they aren't sending enough messages. I have some merchants that send a message every single day to their customers and their subscriber LTV is in the hundreds of dollars per message and their retention rate is fantastic. That's not something I would recommend for all merchants, but the best thing about SLTV and Armor Metrics is that they're in every merchant's dashboard unique to that merchant when they log in. And what they that. can tell is, I think of subscriber LTV is like a check engine light right? Where if they see it dropping, that's like the check engine light is on. I should look at my armor metrics to diagnose what it is. And so, and it also allows them to experiment uh, to understand if they're maximizing their program. And so maybe one week they'll send more messages and see what subscriber LTV does, or maybe another, they'll try and get more targeted and see what it does. It helps you kind of diagnose the holistic SMS program rather than say, this campaign did well, this campaign didn't do that's well, this automation's doing well, right? It's more of a, um, what is your philosophy for SMS and how can we help you uh, improve the the value that you're driving there? hundred percent. I love those too. I mean, having, having all that in the dash immediately when you get into the platform, uh, I mean, I think about to my time when I was, you know, getting into SMS marketing, like 2018, 2019 um, and some of the platforms that I was using at the time, uh, not really having that insight into how are things looking at a more holistic business level? Like what is the health of my SMS program? Uh, you know, we were so focused on campaigns and, you know, like one-offs and then automations, but like never having this holistic view. Um, I know that would have made my life a heck of a lot easier having resource like that. Um, but I, I think it's, it's interesting too. So like when you guys were, you know, approaching sort of that framework of equipping your merchants with this, was this something that like you knew um, you had to kind of get, get right as soon as possible to get, arm your merchants or like, was this something that you kind of over time with feedback, you kind of learned that this is what was important to merchants. I'm sort of curious, like how that kind of came into the product and, and what, um, what was kind of the rationale behind that? Yeah, that, that, that's a good question. And you probably get this too, right? Because this is just, you got to listen to your customers. You got to understand what the themes are and then you got to build the product towards that. Right. And this, the number one thing we heard from merchants um, was not, for any particular feature, right? Merchants always love new features and things that help them drive more revenue, but it's much more, what are the basic things I should be doing to maximize our program, right? Um, they might come on from a different platform or be starting SMS and they might see a 10X increase in SLTV by just listening to our, our CSMs that used to run a brand or that, you know, our CSMs have access to, to 10,000 brands data and they can say what's going well, what's not going well, that sort of thing. And so the number one thing that we heard from merchants was like, what do I do? Right. And to be frank, it took us way too long to get to this, but creating a, uh, an elegant framework that can, you know, that has this self-balancing aspect that is, um, both nuanced and easy to understand for merchants. I think that the number one thing that merchants have heard over the last four years is like, send as much as possible or don't send at all. They've heard kind of like the binary versions of that. And mm -hmm. it's just much more nuanced. It depends on your brand. It depends on what you're sending. It depends on the type of content. Uh, and that's all wrapped up in SLTV. And so that's something that we launched um, 
we started thinking about it probably a year ago and then we launched it probably eight months ago, six months ago. Uh, and you decided that it was just the number one thing that should be inside the application. Um, and, and we've heard uh, that resonate a lot with merchants, especially merchants that are coming from a different platform that maybe they didn't have a clear strategy. They were just at doing things ad hoc, but this is exactly. a clear strategy for them to understand what they should be doing. Definitely. And, and that's like backed the eight, by data. Yes, backed by data. And I think also uh, what you're saying, it's kind of like the the age old sort of expression in e-commerce, like it depends, like there's no hard and fast rule for, uh, you know, every SMS program is a little bit different, but having some of those metrics and being able to look at it more holistically, I think is is a huge differentiator, I think. And, you know, why a lot of merchants would choose PostScript. Today's episode of Ateca Podcast is brought to you by the platform that supercharges your PostScript SMS strategy. It's Wondermit, the number one platform loved by e-commerce support, operations, and marketing teams alike to deliver the most holistic post-purchase experience imaginable. Wondermit is the retention iOS used by over 1,000 customer-first Shopify brands like Jones Road Beauty, Feastables, Igloo, The Ridge, Simple Human, and more. Whether you're looking to improve your customer experience, your retention marketing, or both, Wondermint will turn your post-purchase experience into a channel that helps to bring your customers back to buy again and again. Tega Podcast listeners can receive a free trial of Wondermint by visiting wondermint.com forward slash demo and let them know that Blake sent you. And now back to our episode with Adam from PostScript. Um, and I'd love to kind of now transition a little bit more into some tactical stuff to talk about like retention over SMS specifically. Um, one of the things that's really fascinated me with SMS in general as it's risen over the last several years is there's been this narrative that seems to have been pushed. And I, I'm not saying PostScript is in this. I think you guys have actually done the opposite, which is super commendable. Um, but it goes something like this. You know, customer buys your product. You text them or cross sell them. They're so stoked to see this personalized message and they buy again and they're a customer for life. While I'm being maybe a bit dramatic, I, I think many folks don't know the order of operations that actually go into making an effective post-purchase communication or even a retention strategy on the SMS channel. So this is something that I've admired with PostScript. I mean, you're even talking about some of this stuff with the metrics and the dashboard to be able to see that. But also you guys seem to see, seem to, uh, seem to see the bigger picture, I think, and what it means to make great SMS experiences. It shows to me as I look through your content and your resources on site even too, um, and I'd love to just understand some more tactical advice around how PostScript recommends approaching, you know, customer retention over SMS. But I think a good place to start might be um, mistakes or common retention mistakes that you see merchants who, as they come to PostScript, maybe they had an SMS program before were doing. So I'm just curious if you have any thoughts around like, maybe common retention mistakes there. Sure. So I would say that the most common, so, so I, I talked about this before, but I want to hit on it again. The acquisition rate, if you are not growing your list, then your, the value of your SMS program is not its max, right? right. That, that's, that's the number one thing that I see. People think that, you know, just having it collecting on checkout passively is the thing to do. It's, it, it's not that it's um, collecting in as many places as possible, whether that's in your email list or post-purchase or in a pop-up or different things like that. You don't even have to offer a discount in your pop-up, right? You can do a sweepstakes or some people just want to hear from your brand. You don't even need to incentivize it. They just want to hear when the next sale is or something like that. And I would say um, that's the number one thing. And, and I would say with SLTV, right? We know the value of the phone number, right? Let's say it's a hundred dollars value of a phone number. Let's say you know that as the, the the value of an email, maybe that's $10. We usually find that there's a kind of a 10X difference there. Sure. You should be collecting phone numbers first on your pop-up. 
they're worth more. They're going to make you more money over time, right? Uh, and so that's something that I see merchants, they're kind of gun shy about. And then once they A-B test it, they're like all in on phone numbers, right? And so if I could like plant that in merchant's head, I would just say, hey, just give it a shot, see what the results are, use the metrics that we provide you, and then make your decision after that. Um, so that's one thing. M, I would say, you know, they're probably not sending enough. Uh, but if we get into like the nuanced actual tactics of how someone might use Postscript to, let's say, increase their revenue per message or just create a better, more delightful experience for their customers, I would say that the things that are seemingly obvious, but many merchants don't do, are things like segmenting abandoned carts or post-purchase follow-ups based on uh, customer behavior, right? Or customer attributes. Uh, do they have, have they made a purchase before? Is this their first purchase or their second purchase or their third purchase or anything like that, right? Um, what's in their, what's in their basket, right? Uh, is it, um, what's the AOV of that basket, right? If it's over a hundred dollars, do you want to give them a discount, a different discount than someone who's under a hundred dollars, right? This type of stuff matters. And especially to me personally, I love it when, when, me, when people recognize me as a shopper, as like a return shopper or someone who like goes there a lot. Yes. Because that's exactly what would happen if I went to a farmer's market and was buying from someone every week. That's what they would do. They'd be like, oh, thanks for coming back, right? Uh, and when you can bring that experience you know, out of the online mode into the real world uh, through a text that recognizes that, I think that that's uh, super important. And so I would say that you know, if I were to give advice for folks, I would say, um, meet with our CSMs. What they're probably going to do is spend some time in the application or set up the stuff for you that's going to make you more money. If you're just solo, I would say spend time in the application in PostScript, right? Start uh, messing around with Flow Builder, understand the different branches of Flow Builder and how easy it is to create another branch based on what's in someone's cart, right? What collection are they shopping from? Um, turn on back in stock. Do these um, seemingly basic things that actually end up making you the most money that you can kind of set and forget. Uh, and lastly, I would say that as it comes to, to campaigns, what we found when we look at the data uh, categorically is if you send more messages for a particular important sale or deal, that matters, right? So what people are used to doing is kind of sending a message at the beginning of a sale and then sending a message at the end of a sale. And they're not even discriminating against if someone is purchased throughout that, right? And so within Postscript, we have something called campaign flows. We're the only people who have this, which allow you to set up a campaign that's going to send multiple messages throughout the, let's say it's a camp a weekend, right? It's going to send multiple messages, but it's going to intelligently filter out all the people who have purchased, or maybe the people who have been browsing or different things like that. And then, but you only have to set that up once. And so it's kind of like a, you know, a temporary evergreen flow that's just going to make you more money without you thinking about it. And, and that's what we find um, makes merchants. We've seen merchants make 50% more revenue if they just send a second message, for example. That's like insane. It's a very easy thing for you to set up that will make you more money. And so there's some tactical things that I've seen uh, within PostScript as well. And I'm happy to go into some customer examples as well that I'm, I've been super excited about. Absolutely. I'd love to dive into those examples in a second, but I just wanted to comment on, I think it's uh, it's insane, the low-hanging fruit that you mentioned there, but not a lot of folks are taking advantage of it. I've seen um, you know, even back to my time, you know, I previous SMS platforms as well. Um, you know, like some of the segmentation stuff, such a, such a low hanging fruit, but really great for personalization and yeah, adding some of those branches for returning customers, you know, uh, cart value, some of those things, or even like if you have zero party data around them and being able to segment on those things as well. Um, and then too, yeah, I mean the campaign stuff, uh, such a no brainer as well. Like if you're not careful with that, 
exclusion or getting folks who have purchased off of those campaigns. Um, you know, you mentioned the value of an SMS subscriber and to lose SMS subscribers just because they got the wrong message can be right. such a, you know, uh, a negative impact. But so that's great. So we've got, you know, sort of the subscriber value, some of the personalization and then the kind of campaign recommendations there. Love all that. Um, would be happy to dive into some customer examples. Like who are some PostScript customers who are crushing it right now? And kind of uh, what are some of your favorite examples? Sure. So one of them that is a little bit different, it's a little bit nuanced, but I think it goes to what a lot of great merchants are trying to do. One of them is um, Gunner Kennels. And they have uh, they are uh, dog kennels for your car or different vehicles that are crash tested and that keep your dog safe in case anything happens. Um, and like I, I purchased one. Um, I think that like, like I love my dog. I like, like to take them everywhere and want to make sure that they are, are, are safe in doing that. And I would say that Gunner Kennels, they send out way fewer promotional messages than I would expect because it's a one-time big purchase, right? Um, but what they do is they follow up with uh, YouTube videos of their founder story. Uh, or like the other day, Gunner Kennels is based off of a dog um, named Gunner who like recently passed away and they sent like a thank you Gunner video that like had my, like I was teary eyed from what this brand sent out over a text. And I like felt a real relationship with the brand from that, right? And that's hard to reproduce tactically, but really that is, I think, part of the power of the channel where if you go in and look at the responses to that too, you can see all of the community love that mm -hmm. this brand is getting through the responses. And that's something you would not get through email, right? That's something that is unique where the founder of that brand can go through those responses and really feel like, and, res and respond back and really feel like they have um, a community that they're building. And so I think that that's a really cool example that I've seen. Um, I would say that uh, Feastables is another great example. Feastables is a PostScript customer, right? Mr. Beast chocolate brand. I actually love their chocolate. <laughs> um, I've been <laughs> buying a decent amount of it. I got like their new drop recently. And um, they do a great job recognizing me as a repeat purchaser, right? And that's, again, like I said, just a simple split in a flow. Uh, but it feels good. It feels good to know that they know me as a repeat purchaser, that I'm getting the drop, that um, I should get uh, some sort of recognition for that. And also they do a lot of uh, zero party data collection. And a lot right. of what I've seen a lot of brands do is through the flow builder, they have someone, they say, hey, are you shopping? Um, Kalo is a good example where like, are you shopping for uh, rings or dog collars, right? Uh, and because uh, they sell silicon wing, rings and, and dog collars. And someone will reply, you know, dog collar or ring or something like that, or really any variation. And then we'll be able to tag that customer with that so that in the future you can segment when the dog collars are on sale, you can send it to those people. When the rings are on sale, you can send it to those people. And then you're like splitting your list really into two different lists that are both of um, even more value because you've split them up like that and you're not sending, you know, one the other. So uh, zero party data collection, I think is going to be a key part of the uh, SMS journey. And I think that that's something that's enabled a lot through the the flow builder that we've been working on recently. Those are all awesome examples. Big shout out to Feastables and Kalo. They're also Wonderman customers, but I um, I had Jess from Feastables on the show a couple months back and some of the things that they're doing on SMS uh, with respect to personalization, um, just the flows and like some of the customer service stuff that they're, you know, investing in, like that's a really, really great brand to, to learn from, I think from best practice and same with the other two you mentioned there. I think some really, really great um, sort of, uh, more, I think taking it to the next level, I think then, you know, obviously some of that personalization and sending out the content as well. A lot of really great examples there for sure. Yeah. 
So I wanted to kind of transition. You kind of uh, were, were taking the conversation in this direction already, but some of the more like, uh, you know, value add techs that are not just sales based. And I think there's a lot more to SMS than just being about revenue driven goals. I think at its core, it can be a brand's best relationship building tool. Um, I've been spending, you know, before Wonderman, the past few years of my career at Tone and Attentive being this beating the CX focused drum that I actually think SMS is the center of business to consumer communication. And I think you guys have done an awesome job at educating customers on how to actually do this. So I'm curious for your thoughts, uh, you know, how do you view uh, SMS as a customer experience channel? You know, things like customer service, two-way communication, subscription management, reviews, loyalty, all those different things. Like, how do you kind of think about some of those customer experience touch points? Yeah, that's it, it's an important topic and um, something that we we think about a lot, right? What merchants first think about when they think about SMS is like the revenue channel and the, and the revenue potential. And I think that that's still going to be, be the case for years to come. I think a lot of the incremental value that we see in future years is going to be driven by these, uh, these different use cases, right? And so I would say the way that I think about it is that chat and messaging is an interface right? Similar to the website being an interface. And in a lot of different ways, uh, chat is potentially a better interface, right? A good example is for integration with recharge, right? You can reply skip to skip an order or reply to add something to your order. And you don't have to go to the website. You don't have to log in. You don't have to like go to the specific box that's being shipped or anything like that, right? You can just do it by replying. And in that case, it's a fantastic interface. And I think that, um, when we started building these integrations with folks like Recharge, we were like, what is the two-way capability here? Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because, one, I just think it's really cool. But two, what we found through the data is that if you increase two-way engagement, that increases subscriber LTV, right? So that's not measured in the automation that goes out. That's measured in only that subscriber LTV metric, which ends up yes. going up, right? Uh, and it's because you're not doing a necessarily a revenue driving activity, but that engagement is so important, right? If you just have one way, it, it makes intuitive sense. If you just have one way interactions, you're going to make less revenue than if, if you have two way interactions. And so the way I think about it is I think about the different customer journeys. Marketing is one part of that customer journey. Post purchase is another. Um, and I think about all in, in, I think that you'll find that um, what you'll see in years to come or even this year is that we'll continue to be building on this as an interface that will um, help drive more subscriber LTV and even short-term revenue. I think that really it's just the beginning. I mean, people say this about everything, but it's really the early innings of SMS. And when we look at the opportunities, when we're thinking about new products and we start testing those out with some customers and we see a 2X increase in their total SMS revenue from like a new product that we're working on now, I'm like, oh, this is really just the beginning because if we're just tweaking some things and seeing 2X subscriber LTV or 2X even short-term revenue, then there's a lot here. Uh, and I think a lot of that is going to be in the different um, kind of like the, the sections of the customer journey uh, as well, like you mentioned. 100, 100%. Yeah, I, I love uh, that outlook. I'm really excited to see, you know, as the channel continues to evolve. I mean, it's crazy. You know, yeah, I mean, you mentioned emails had a massive leg up on the, in the maturity phase, I think, you know, and where we're at with email now, but I mean, SMS is growing and the use cases are getting more and more embedded and, and the tech stack of, you know, other parts of the Shopify ecosystem, um, the messaging use cases, all those things. I love that subscription uh, example that you brought up too. I, I think about, I've subscribed to a few different brands on subscriptions and they offer that, you know, text channel. I can alter, Hey, I want to skip this shipment. Hey, can you rush this shipment? 
having that level of customization, I don't have to go into a portal and manage that is so, so cool. Um, and it's just really great to see as a consumer, like where that's headed. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on too, with respect to customer experience is transactional SMS. Um, I've been reading, you know, a lot of reports and findings from other SMS providers in the space mentioning how it's actually like the number one requested type of messaging, beating both promotions and customer service. It seems the appetite from the consumer side is huge for this. Uh, but I wonder, you know, we've seen this firsthand with transactional SMS actually having a lot of other benefits too, like 50 to 75% click-through rates on average for our merchants, um, four to five, you know, figure revenue from customers who've already purchased uh, growing SMS lists, insanely low unsubscribe rates, and at, the list goes on, honestly, for benefits. Um, but what are your thoughts for the PostScript side around transactional SMS? And where do you think that it fits into the retention narrative for SMS? Yeah, I, I get it. Even as a consumer, right? I get it. It's like, I, I, I want to know everything about my order, right? Even within the promotional channel, I, you know, I love it when I know there's an order at my door, when it already got delivered or when it's coming, when it got delayed or anything like that. It's, it's incredibly important for me as a consumer. And then when I think about it from the PostScript lens, uh, I think that nobody has done it well yet. And I think that it, the reason is because it's an incredibly tricky thing to do, right? So without going into the compliance of sending text messages and everything like that, but something that makes PostScript really special is that we've become the gold standard with carriers for deliverability messages, for compliance, um, in making sure that our customers are sending compliant messages and that those messages get through and that the people that they're sending to get subscribed. We spend a lot of time and money for this. And what our customers get is they get incredible deliverability and stuff that they don't even have to think about, right? It just works. Uh, when it comes to uh, transactional, I'm incredibly bullish on it. It's something that we're investing in now. I would say that it makes it a little bit tricky when it comes to compliance because there's no direct opt-in, right? There's no explicit written consent, but you are allowed to send those messages as well. It's But it's about integrating it into the broader subscriber lifecycle, right? Eventually you would love to have those transactional subscribers to become promotional subscribers, right? And so we think about how are the ways that we can do that. Um, but as, a, as it relates to the customer journey, like you're saying, I, th I think it's incredibly important. All of the transactional automations that we have set up for the promotional subscribers work really well. They generate a lot of revenue uh, and they're inc incredibly important. They increase subscriber LTV. And so uh, for me, it's about how do we make it uh, seamless so that merchants don't have to think about it, that they're fully compliant. Uh, and then we can work with partners like you to make sure that uh, Merchants are sending all of these incredibly important messages out to to their subscribers, um, and also we don't want to like muddy the data for marketing analytics and click through rates and that type of stuff. We want to make sure that it's just very clean uh, and works for customers. Yeah, hundred percenting compliance. That's a great call out. Um, you know, we cannot forget about compliance. But talking about SMS, um, obviously very very important uh, for a lot of reasons. But um, I think that's you know definitely agree with you as well. I think um, you know it's it's a from the Wonderman side, like we really see that kind of transactional journey kicking off the post-purchase experience, making sure they have a great shipping experience lends itself to all of your you know, future marketing messages landing better, given that they've had that transparent, proactive communication, having that better experience. And that's they are promotionally opted into. There's a lot of other benefits that you can tap into as well. Um, I've been talking to a lot of brands too on the show who have mentioned transactional SMS sort of being like a big list growth opportunity for them, like on their pop-ups, hey, like sign up for SMS and get order updates or putting it on their tracking page to be able to do that as well. So as going back to your earlier point, list growth being so critical to SMS, continuing to feed that list, obviously uh, massively important. 
I'm curious, um, as we wrap up around customer experience, Adam, is there any other strategies for providing surprise and delight uh, to customers via SMS that you've seen PostScript customers taking advantage of that we haven't already talked about? That's a, that's a great question. I can't think of anything specific now, but I can tell you that generally what I see is that um, brands who experiment the most within uh, getting their voice across through a bunch of different ways and don't let the, that don't let the fear in of, am I texting folks too much? Do they want to hear from me? Um, those different types of things. Those brands are the brands that, that, that do the best. They're watching their subscriber LTV. They know that what their experiments they're doing are increasing their subscriber LTV. Uh, and I would say that, you know, again, it goes, it goes back to the basics. If I was a merchant today that was using SMS, I would hop into my account tomorrow, spend an hour or two in there, start adding flows, start splitting out those flows a little bit more, and you will be doing better than 90% of the other merchants out there. Yeah, 100%. Great call out. Um, and also, yeah. I think, too, um, you know, working with a vendor that, you know, really can be a trusted resource, obviously, so, so important there as well. Um, as we kind of wrap up things here, I wanted to get your take on some of the future of SMS. You know, you talked about, you know, we're still in early innings of SMS. Um, but I think one of the things that I've seen come up more and more in conversation has been some of the iOS changes around the inbox filtering. Um, and I'm curious, you know, obviously, for anyone who's not listening, uh, who's not familiar uh, with this, you know, there was some changes that came out, uh, I think in Brazil and India, this is where it's only happening right now, but they do have some filters. I'm not really sure exactly, you know, if this has impacted uh, SMS marketing in those countries, but I know it's top of mind for a lot of people. So I'm curious for your opinion on how should marketers be thinking about this and pending maybe change? Should we be worried? Should we not? Um, any, any thoughts there around that? Sure. So I think that the best thing to do is to assume that this change is coming, right? It's hard to know if you're not working at Apple or these other places, but I would say, assume that this change is coming and let's get ready for it, right? I would say that there are things that you can do today um, that are that are important in that change. There are things that, um, there are messaging platforms that have done this before that, uh, that merchants have made their way through and survived through and even thrived through. And so what people can do today is lean into contact cards, right? If you're a known sender, if you're a contact card within the account, uh, then you are not going to be put into unknown sender inbox. That's something you can do today. If you're not sending contact cards with your welcome series, even post-purchase follow-ups, you can send them. Because again, for the transactional side of things, you can say, make sure you save us as a contact so that you get transactional updates. The second thing is uh, two-way interactions get you into the known sender inbox, right? There are a bunch of, I'm not saying hop into gorgeous, hop into your PostScript responses tab and start having conversations with anyone, but I'm saying you can set up flows that encourage people to respond, right? Are you buying, um, are you buying men's clothes or women's clothes or something like that? What type of, uh, what type of products are you interested in? Text us back, right? Mm -hmm. Having those automated flows that can, they're actually zero party data collection that you can tag those totally. subscribers with, but actually they help you stay in the known sender inbox. And so zero party data is a great example uh, to get through that. And then also when we think about the macro, um, I was just listening to a podcast that, that dove deep on, on WeChat and WeChat from, from day one had this transactional inbox, but customers love going there because the content is so rich and great. Right. Mm. And so I think that um, there are also opportunities, right? If you look at the, the Gmail promotions tab, 
I saw a tweet the other day that was saying, hey, nobody's utilizing these like carousels of product views that you can do inside the Gmail, Gmail promotions tab. And so I think that um, while this change is probably coming, there's things that we can do to head it off. I think that um, in the end, it's good for consumers. It helps, I don't know if you get like those really spammy messages where it's like a fake account takeover type thing where they're, you know, Wells Fargo fake, all that stuff will go away and it'll make the inbox less noisy so that the trusted brands, the ones that actually want to build a relationship that aren't sending spam are going to have the, the highest subscriber LTVs and the highest revenue. So I think that as long as your brand is, is doing a great job, keeping a healthy list and sending great messages, you probably don't have too much to worry about. 100%. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, great call out on the contact cards and, and looking for other places, you know, not even just the welcome series, obviously, that can be one place, but transactional SMS, you know, post purchase, some of those other things too are great use cases. And yeah, I, I've always thought that, you know, good SMS will never change. If you have a good SMS channel, if you're providing value, if you're having two way conversations, a lot of those things, you know, keep doing that. And as long as you're working, you know, with a vendor who's compliant and all these different things, you should be fine. Um, you know, but great, great points around there. Um, last question for you. Where do you think the future of SMS is headed? We've talked a lot about, you know, some of these things that are, you know, in, in, the, in the works, but I'm just curious, like big picture, are there anything that we haven't talked about that you're super excited about or where you think the channel might continue to, uh, to head? Sure. So I think that some of the future of SMS is just maturing in the same way that, that email matured, right? Where it's like, you need to have the products that have the best targeting, the most data, um, deep integrations with your commerce platforms, deep partnerships and integrations with folks like Wonderman to be able to provide great example or uh, to great experiences. And I think that I think that we're still so early in that, right? I think there's still so much to do and I see it every day. I mean, it shows up in the merchant data, right? When I say that if you just make a few tweaks in your Postscript account, you're doing better than 90% of merchants. My job at Postscript is to get those 90% of merchants up to the top 10% and just keep moving that forward because so much of the value there, I've seen people two, three, four X their subscriber LTV just with some basic changes. And so I think that there's still a lot of blocking and tackling to do. So that's the first part. The second part is that there are novel, unique use cases to SMS that haven't been explored yet. I think we kind of touched on it when it comes to um, SMS as an interface, right? I think that SMS can do a lot of the same things that the website can do, right? Mm -hmm. But perhaps in some ways a better interface. Maybe it's not great for visual shopping, but if you know what you want, maybe it's a better way to purchase through that. And then, like I talked about, there's a very excited product that we're uh, looking to launch in April. And what I see there is that you know, between SMS and email, email is great. It's a staple of the e-commerce community. It's kind of like panning for gold. It like works. You like find a great area to pan for gold and you sift the gold out and it's right there and you can make incremental tweaks and improvements. SMS right now with some of these products that we're working on, it's kind of like you have a pickaxe and you like swing it once and there's this like giant nugget of gold, <laughs> right? Sure. And that's where, that's where SMS is today where it's just like, oh, whoa, I found this thing that 2X is the SMS revenue for a merchant and we've got four more ideas like that. Let's just go as hard as possible and find out these things. And so Postscript's mission is to make SMS the number one revenue channel for merchants and also be the platform that makes merchants the most revenue, right? And I think that there's a lot of room to go there. Right now, we drive about 15 to 20% of all of our merchant revenue. But for our top customers, we drop 40 to 60%. It's their top revenue channel, and we're just getting started. And so I think we want to continue to drive a large percentage of revenue 
better phone number collection. The ball kind of keeps rolling down the hill with SMS. I think it's going to be the, the, the most important channel um, of the next 10 years. And I hope that we're able to help merchants out with uh, achieving that. The future is ripe with opportunity. Um, I agree that it's also, I think, the channel of the next decade. Um, and I think there's a lot of just amazing things, as you alluded to already, that uh, we should you know, continue to think about and see. I think um, you know, this is very early innings, I think, for the channel and where we're headed. Um, but Adam, this has been a blast, man. Um, as, as we wrap up, I did have a new section to the show I wanted to test out. And you'll be my guinea pig on this if you, if you would appease me. So um, I have a few rapid fire questions for you that I'd love to just ask you to get to know you a little bit more and, and add a little bit more personality uh, to this episode. But um, what is the best text that you've received from a brand? That's a great question. So this isn't the best text I've personally received, but this is the best interaction that I've ever seen from a brand. And it is um, a brand called Old Bisbee Roasters. They've been with Postscript for maybe our entire lifetime. Uh, it's They roast coffee. Uh, in Bisbee, Arizona, very small shop. I think they've got brick and mortar. But what this person does who runs this brand is they have conversations with nearly every single one of their subscribers about their family, about their kids. They have developed a real relationship with the folks that uh, that buy from them. And I think that, you know, that is just an incredible thing to see. And I think that that's, you know, it's hard to accomplish at scale, but I think that that's really the magic of the channel. And when I see that, I know that, um, I know that, you know, people are having a much better experience with that brand than, than others that they buy from. And it's heartwarming a little bit. Love that. Yeah. Shout out Bisbee, Arizona. I've been there myself. Uh, I'll definitely have to sign up for that SMS. So it reminds me a lot of the early days at Tone as well. We were, you know, replying to those messages. Um, okay. Best musician of all time. So I don't have best musician, but I've got three albums. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. I love it. Let's all it. right. Gorillas, Plastic Beach. Great album. Instant classic. Kid Cudi, Man on the Moon. Love it. Take it with me to, to, to a deserted island for sure. And then Bonnie Vare for Emma Forever Go. It's just man, those are those are three great picks. I love it. We'll have to the I bar is here someone now. to go. Yeah, listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> the bar is here now for the next guest. Um, cool. If you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, metaphorically speaking, of course, to get a message out to every e-commerce brand who is or isn't using SMS, what would it be and why? Yeah, I, I love this one. It, it immediately made me think of, I don't know which airline it is, but have you seen those like TikToks of you walk through this like experience and then the billboard changes based on your ticket, it, like scans yes. your body and then it shows you which gate to go to. Um, I would have that. But merchants would walk through and they would see all of their armor metrics and their subscriber LTV and the different things they could do to change it. Because if I could put that on a billboard, I would just be like, hey, look at this. There's so much opportunity. Please just change these things. And so it'd be like a personalized billboard for each merchant where they could walk in and, and see that. And that's maybe so how cool. much money they're missing out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a great, great marketing campaign right there. Uh, as a marketer, I'm definitely inspired about to hear that. Um, okay. Best recent purchase of something under $100. Uh, I feel like I'm breaking all your rules here. My most important purchase recently, and I've been touting this all across PostScript, and a bunch of people have also bought it. It's a walking treadmill. I got the idea from Dennis Hegstead, the ex-Live Recover uh, founder oh. on, on Twitter. I saw it and I was like, oh, I'll try it out. I can walk like 20 to 30 miles a day without any incremental time investment. And I think it's a total cheat code. 
if you want to stay active, it brings my energy up. It brings my focus up. Total cheat code. Definitely recommend it. I love it. I've been looking at one myself. Um, I listened to this podcaster, Chris Williamson, uh, Modern Wisdom Podcast, and he's talked about the uh, desk bike. So similar to that, um, I'll have to look into the treadmill though. That's a, it's a great recommendation. Um, okay, last one for you. Um, what's something that you've been most proud of at Postscript over the last couple of years? Yeah, I started with it and I'll end with it. It's just the team, right? It's, it's incredible to build uh, a competent, humble, fearless team that is really great to work with every single day. Um, and also part of that is as an entrepreneur, seeing the journey of people that have come on three years ago to where they are today, the amount of knowledge that they've gathered, the, the leadership that they've developed and are now leading teams or leading initiatives, just knowing that you can fully trust, fully trust someone with with an initiative or a team, it feels really good. Um, and especially when things are high performance, right? You probably know A players want to work with other A players and you know that you've hit something special when you have that team and other people come in and they're like, oh, this is super fast paced. And like, I love it. The, that, that's, that's a really special feeling. And so I'd say that that's, um, that's an incredible thing. That's incredible. We started with the team. We end with the team. That's uh, it's a great way to, to put a bow on this episode. I totally agree. Um, you know, I think that um, it's something that I've always admired about PostScript, as I mentioned, you know, at the beginning as well. So um, this has been a blast, man. Thank you so much for, for coming on, for being such an awesome guest. Um, where can our merchants go if they want to get in touch with PostScript? Sure. Postscript.io is probably the best way. We'll be able to route you to the right people. Uh, speaking of team, you know, our, our, if you're a Postscript customer, a CXA team is fantastic. My email is just adam at postscript.io. If you're a customer, if you're not a customer, uh, feel free to reach out. I'm also on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find us all across the, all across the internet. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, not too hard to find. We'll put all the information in the show notes, though, for those who want to get in touch. Um, but yeah, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope the snow is kind to you. Uh, you know, you don't get maybe snowed in. You can get out and enjoy the weekend as well. But uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. And we'll definitely have to have you on again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Blake. It was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I'll go enjoy some of the snow. See ya. <laughs> All right, my friends, there you have it. That is my interview with Adam Turner, the CEO over at Postscript. I hope you found today's episode insightful. And if you did, please consider leaving this podcast a review on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you haven't, please subscribe so you never miss another awesome episode. The Tega Podcast is a zero-cost-to-you resource really focused on bringing the highest quality D2C educational content to you, again, at no cost. So those two ways are the best way to help support the show. And if you have friends or colleagues who might enjoy this content, that also is greatly appreciated if you pass it along to them. With that being said, Season 2 continues on next week. We have an awesome interview with Jake Carls, the co-founder of the CPG brand Midday Squares. You are not going to want to miss this episode. It's a really heavy hitter. With that being said, we'll see you all next week. Thank you and come again.